a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We are entering a critical week for President Joe Biden's Build Back Better agenda. And it is uh, in the Senate right now and of uh, interest uh, as we try to play that all the way through. You have to look past the headlines of what this is really a battle all about. The president has said that uh, the Build Back Better proposal is paid for, that it's not going to increase the debt at all. Uh, Well, late Friday, uh, the Congressional Budget Office said, "Eh, we better look past the headlines. Maybe we better think again. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, as I mentioned, on Friday, the CBO released its score for the Democrats' uh, Build Back Better bill, and the price tag was a little higher than expected. Uh, They were saying it wouldn't add to the deficit and the debt, uh, but uh, according to the CBO, if you take out the gimmicks... It will actually add about $3 trillion uh, in terms of deficit spending. So what does that mean for swing voters like uh, Senator Joe Manchin or Kirsten Sinema? Uh, what does that mean? What are Republicans trying to do to influence that debate? What are Democrats doing? Uh, here to help us break all of that down, our friend from Reason Magazine, Eric Bame, joins us on the line. And Eric, you had a great piece on Reason.com uh, really breaking this down for us. Uh, help our listeners understand what. What is it about this CBO number, this Congressional Budget Office number, uh, that has the administration a little nervous and uh, a lot of Republicans uh, screaming loudly? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on again, Boyd. Uh, always glad to be here. Uh, the report that was released on Friday from the CBO is uh, it's important to distinguish between the official CBO score, which came out a few weeks ago for right. the bill, and what the CBO said on Friday. So that official CBO score uh, said that the Build Back Better plan would cost about $1.8 trillion, and it would add a few hundred billion to the deficit over 10 years. But, you know, basically uh, it was all paid for. The problem with that score, as, as I pointed out and numerous other commentators pointed out, is that the CBO can only look at the actual text of the bill. And in this case, there's a bunch of gimmicks written into the bill. Uh, the, the best example of this is the expanded child tax credit. There's a uh, The child tax credit, which has been around for a long time, was bumped up last year during the pandemic so that it now pays parents up to $3,000 per child uh, every year. And that's fully refundable. Even if you don't pay any taxes, you can still get it. Uh, it's basically just a subsidy for uh, for parents. And uh, that is a, a huge part of the Build Back Better plan is to maintain that higher level of tax credit and to uh, maintain it presumably indefinitely. But the bill itself only extends it for a single year, even though you won't find anybody in Washington who believes it will be around only for one more year. It's going to be part of uh, part of the government, you know, presumably indefinitely. Yeah. Uh, so but by writing into the bill that it's only going to be around for one more year, the CBO doesn't look at the long-term costs of that. They only look at it for one year. So what came out on Friday was a, a uh, 
a, a revised assessment by the CBO saying, okay, if we take all the provisions in this bill that are set to expire after only a year or two years or three years, and we assume that they will all be in place indefinitely, how much will the bill actually cost? This is the real question of how much will the bill cost. Yeah. And uh, as you said, the CBO found that it would add about $3 trillion to the deficit if everything is, uh, if everything is continued. Yeah, and these uh, these gimmicks, we, we always say around here that the closest thing to eternal uh, is a government program begun. Uh, and so for many of these things, the, the chances, like you said, of the child tax credit going away after one year or some of these other uh, provisions being knocked out after three years, uh, has got to be somewhere between slim and none. Uh, and so why is it that we can't uh, – I know the CBO can only look at what's in front of them. Uh, is there another way or are there other groups looking at this to say, yeah, you know what, uh, take the gimmicks out. Here's what it really costs, because that is what we need to get in front of the American people is what is the, the transparent actual cost going to be? Then we can debate it and then you can vote on it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so the CBO score, you know, anybody who's covering this seriously has pointed out for the last few weeks that the CBO score is gimmicked and is sort of a, a system that you can game. And Congress does this all the time. I mean, yes. this is not unique both to this sides. bill. Yeah. The numbers are bigger with this bill, but both sides do this all the time. But groups like the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, groups like the, uh, the Wharton Budget Model, which is a, a sort of uh, independent group that's housed at the University of Pennsylvania, a bunch of economists who uh, score legislation in a way similar to what the CBO does. Groups like that, who are not the CBO and not bound by the rules that the CBO has to follow, uh, have said over the last few weeks, very similar numbers to what this updated CBO report said. Uh, the, the bill would add somewhere between you know 2.8 to 3 trillion dollars to the deficit. So the CBO report really just confirmed those independent assessments. I think when you take a step back from the numbers and, and all of that and the nuts and bolts here, the real problem with this for the Biden administration is that Biden, on one hand, is promising that this bill is, is transformative. Right? We hear that word all the time about this. This is going to be a, a huge shift in the relationship between the American people and the federal government. Biden's allies have wanted to compare the, the Build Back Better plan to things like the Great Society, which gave us Medicare Medicaid uh, in the Johnson administration, to things like the New Deal, even from FDR, uh, you know, big, long-term government programs. And yet the bill itself is, is like, oh, well, you know, we don't actually have to pay for everything long-term, so let's just do this you know, on a yearly basis. And so there's a, a real disconnect there between what the Biden administration is trying to sell to the American people and what they're trying to sell to Senator Joe Manchin, who doesn't want to vote for a bill that's going to add $3 trillion to the debt. Yeah. And so let's take a look at that real quick, uh, Eric, as, as you look at how this week is likely to play out. Uh, obviously, they've got to button up everything on the debt ceiling. It looks like that's all rolling along. Uh, we have the national defense authorization that's got to be done. And then a lot of people are saying, well, we're not sure there will be time. Uh, we know that uh, Senator Schumer says, no, we're going to get this done by Christmas. Uh, you mentioned uh, Joe Manchin. Uh, of course, we have Senator Cinema to our south here out in Utah. Uh, are there others uh, that are looking at this or what are the rumblings in D.C. right now in terms of uh, are we going to have a, a real look at this, a real debate, some real amendments, uh, or uh, are we going to punt this into the new year? Yeah, if I had to guess right now, and it's tough to predict what Congress does, so uh, take everything I'm going to say here with a grain of salt. If I had to guess right now, I would say this probably gets pushed off into next year. I haven't seen any indication from uh, from those two senators in particular. You just mentioned Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, uh, the two key Democratic holdouts on this. I haven't seen any indication from them that their position is changing. In fact, if anything, 
Uh, Joe mentioned last week had a few comments. He was at an event hosted by the Wall Street Journal last week and was asked, you know, about kind of his position on the bill as he is every time he uh, makes an appearance in public. And it seemed to me like, like his opposition here is even kind of hardening. Uh, he pointed to this exact issue that we've just been talking about, uh, about how the, there's this big disconnect between, you know, while well, they have a program that is only going to run for one year, but everybody knows it's going to be around for 10 years. We don't know how much money it's actually going to cost. Now we do have a better idea of how much it'll cost. But uh, that's been a concern of his all along. Um, he's also called in the past several weeks, he's talked openly about the budget gimmicks that are built into the bill and how he doesn't like that. Um, so I, I don't think there's been any developments that, that to me seem like they would change uh, that opposition. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows? Anything could happen in the next few days, <laughs> That's I guess. Right. <laughs> but uh, I, would, I would not suspect this gets a, a vote in the Senate until the new year, if at all. All right. And we always uh, we always factor in that uh, trying to figure out what Congress will do next is like trying to smell the color seven. Uh, so that's our uh, wisdom for the day. Eric Bain from Reason.com. Great piece on there. Eric, always appreciate you helping us breaking it all down from Washington, D.C. And uh, this is such a, uh, a critical conversation. And it is sometimes it is like trying to smell the color seven, uh, figuring out what Congress will do or won't do. The bigger challenge and the bigger worry for me is not so much that they're whether or not they vote on something. It's what's actually in it. Uh, We actually know that five of the 12 committees in the Senate responsible for officially writing this actual bill haven't released the bill text yet. So a lot of this is smoke and mirrors. A lot of this is a lot of hyperbole. we got to get some transparency in this process, a debate in front of the American people, then a vote. Then we can actually hold people accountable for the outcome. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.